there was a choice between ice cream and show prep, I chose ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is my surprised face. Yeah. <laughs> good evening, Meet Suits and Meet Dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television, and we are very glad to have you here. This is episode number 143. We've now done as many episodes as Pager Speak for I Love You. One, four, three. And also a song that Chris knows. Uh, speaking of things that could have been longer in my book, this week we're talking about Manos, colon, the hands of fate. Or the translated version, hands, colon, the hands of fate. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird that the hands have colons on them. <laughs> this week's episode is sponsored by Anna, who said this, quote, I considered my choice for many weeks. There were so many lovely options. For like a month, I was I was thinking about sponsoring the Pleasure Dome Hotel, which is pretty much just two hours of gay D slash S sex between Sherlock Holmes and John Watson. (laughs) But then I knew there's this movie, it's the greatest bad movie of all time, The Hamlet of B, the epitome to which Troll 2 in the room can only grasp at. The most famous Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode is built around it, and the only movie they ever said was too terrible for even them. But you can't watch their version. Oh no! It's only an hour long, but it'll be the longest hour of your life. Facts. Anna. (laughs) Number one. Thank you for sponsoring this podcast. That means a lot. Number two, this was the longest fucking hour of my life. Not only was I debilitatingly sleepy and barely making cogent sounds, this movie sucked so much out of me. I don't understand. How could you hate it so much? I was just confused. I was like having trouble following it. I hate it because it kept me from bed, Alex. (laughs) I I have to disagree. Yeah? (laughs) You loved it? You thought it was no, a meta- it, it, metaphysical rumination on the essence of the gaze of the other? Uh, I thought it was awesome. The hour did fly by for me. Like, I couldn't get enough of this. Huh. Yeah, I, I really liked it, too. Uh, St- uh, Chris, I really want to see your notes for the show, though. Like, I feel like we should post that. <laughs> the non-cogent sound notes. Yeah. No, I mean, like, I don't I don't have a dictaphone, so it's not going to say, uh... We should review your notes for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> His shadow is cast wherever he stands Stacks of green paper in his red right hand If you want to sponsor a topic for us to watch and enjoy and for Chris to make notes about, you can do so by going to readdiscreep.com slash sponsor. Do that right now. It can be anything under the sun. So, it, including Chris's notes, if you had a copy of them and could get it to us, we would do it. So, let me introduce you to today's panel. I'm your host. Uh, I'm Alex Falcone. You can and should follow me on Twitter right now at Alex underscore Falcone. Also, I'm going to take just a second of self-indulgent slash you indulgent, because this is for you, loyal listener, to let you know that if you want to come see me do comedy in the next few weeks... I'm going to be in Colorado Springs at Looney's Comedy Corner, May 31st through June 2nd, in Denver at Wits End from June 7th to June 9th, and then in Tacoma, Washington at the Tacoma Comedy Club, June 14th through 17th. So come out and say hi. I'm uh, featuring for some excellent other comedians, and I would also like to meet you. That would be fun. Let me introduce you to my friends who are here today. First up in San Francisco, California, it's Ezra Fox. Uh, hello, Alex. I'm a child dubbed by a very creepy-sounding older woman. <laughs> Oh, that explains that part. Okay, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. No, I just thought the sound was off. <laughs> no, it was all dead. It could be both. 
Sound was dubbed, and they favored the upskirt shot. <laughs> also joining us, he favors the upskirt shot. He's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter, finally rested, and back in Seattle, Washington, it's Chris Smith. Podcasts with you, Alex, are always fun, but this one's going to be great. <laughs> was also, some... if I could indulge in a little self-promotion, I'm holding a contest for best ice cream. I currently <laughs> hold forth that Tillamook peanut butter and chocolate is the best, but if you have one that's better... Let me know via the email. That's podcasts at readweep.com, and I'll send you my address, and you can send me ice cream. Good for you. Good for me. <laughs> uh, is your package today contain anything liquids, uh, fragile, perishable, or meltable? No, no, no. You pack it in dry ice. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. And you FedEx it. Yeah. No, that'll yeah. work. All right. Go for it. Uh, get Chris's address. There you go. Also joining us today, our most requested guest today, specially requested by Anna. He's at Stephen T. Carter on Twitter. It's Stephen T. Carter. Hello. Uh, I, today, am a dude just swilling tequila and making out with my girlfriend, and I have no <sighs> connection to anything else that's going on. You're the so best good. dude. I know. What an awesome dude. Like, of all characters in all movies, he has to be top five. <laughs> I have never been in a situation where I was making out by the side of the road in rural Texas uh, for what appears to be three solid days. <laughs> <laughs> but do people normally like make out, make out, stop, swill tequila, make out, make out, make out? Do you do that? Or wouldn't you be like already a little drunk when you started making out with him? <laughs> right. I think you have to keep going with it. Yeah, I think you have to alternate. And then eventually the man has to try and bust you up. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. That's that's not a sex thing. That's the cops. <laughs> oh, the cops. Oh, 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 God. Oh, wow. I understand. Wow. I, I am blushing. That was, that was not an innuendo that time, guys. I played that cleanly. <laughs> I was amazed that you would get that dirty. That yeah. Cleanly. The man has to bust you up. <laughs> I get it. The cops have to break up your party is what you were trying to say. Yeah. That is what I did say. And I, uh, you also said that the male half of the partnership has to bust you up. No. He had to, he had to plow that field. Ladies. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I think he had proper technique there. You know, you make out for a couple days. You take a swig of tequila like it's the first time you ever have drank anything in your life. Uh, you pass it on and then you make out some more. And then a man comes and busts you up. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the podcast now that all of the female listeners have tuned out, so we can really... <laughs> Welcome to Dude It and Weep, yeah, we... <laughs> a podcast for dudes who cry. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's start by uh, finding out what really happened in this beautiful 108-minute film. <laughs> Chris, as our resident summarizer for your dulcet yes, tones and freakish recall, I would like you to summarize... But then I'm going to dub you summarizing over yourself. So mostly just move your lips, and then we'll record you later. By, by the way, I'm moving closer to the microphone in anticipation of this summary. <laughs> <laughs> so you can hear it first? Me. I don't understand. The year is 1966. A family, just like any other family, is going on a great American adventure. A road trip. Michael, his wife Margaret his little daughter, Debbie, and their dog, Pepe, <laughs> drive through the Texas desert looking for something. And yet, like all great stories, something unexpected happens. Michael gets lost for the first time in his adult life. You've already lost me. I'm pretty sure that was expected. 
trying to drive in uh, around and, and find their way, they come upon a mysterious house that they don't think they saw the first time around. In it, or in front of it, is a mysterious man named Torgo who invites them in to stay the night. After all, darkness is coming. After some vaguely creepy, eerie things, like all of the skeletal hands displayed in the living room, or the picture of the master who Torgo serves, he looks very creepy, and look at his creepy dog. <laughs> Other things start to happen, by which I mean the master awakes from his slumber on the ethereal plane. He has a mustache again. He has many wives that also awake, and it becomes clear that they want Margaret as the master's next wife. Debbie might be killed. Mike will definitely be killed. <laughs> or will he? Because after running away and then deciding that they have to return because it's unsafe in the desert, the family meets their eventual end, and the wife does become the wife of the master. The daughter becomes a future wife of the master, perhaps. And the man, well, he replaces Torgo. And becomes the ward of the home. Uh, Thus is Manos, the hands of fate. But just just quickly, why does he become that? He's it's, new Torgo. Because it's creepy, Alex. Because <laughs> <laughs> Torgo got his hand burned off by the master. Oh, and Torgo is a creepy motherfucker. He just wanted to be loved, guys. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. lonely out in the middle of the desert with the house that appears sometimes. I don't know why Torgo stays with this job. <laughs> I would posit that Torgo is the opposite of the dude in the car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, now that we are so clear on all of those things, let's move along to the compliment sandwich. We like starting to end every show with a compliment. It's how we feel fair and legitimate. In our criticism. Today, uh, as the guest, Stephen, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? Uh, I will go last. Excellent. Ezra, you will go first. Um, this is for misguided dedication to a role. Uh, yeah. So, uh, for Torgo, I don't know if you guys noticed, but Torgo uh, moved around really weirdly. Yeah, I might have had cerebral palsy. Yeah, some people have hunched backs. He had hunched knees. <laughs> okay, so... Basically, he was supposed to be a satyr. He was supposed to be half goat. Um. He actually had prosthetics uh, that he was wearing this whole time that he designed. Um, Wait, you mean like like the ram? He became the ram? <laughs> no, oh, no. Let's do it like they do. <laughs> Lots of flashbacks. Wait, so he... He, he feels he, the spirit of the satyr moving through him. He built... <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is getting too real. All right. <laughs> yeah, now I am having scary flashbacks. <laughs> I know. All right. Um, so wait. So they they he was supposed to be a satyr. Yeah. So he built yeah. his own prosthetics. Uh huh. But the thing is, we never you know saw that he was a satyr. Um, right. He just wore a uh, a sport coat. Right. And the other issue was he actually put on his own prosthetics wrong, giving him permanent knee damage. Oh no, yeah. buddy. And then he died the same year. <laughs> yeah, because he killed himself. What? Wow. God, wait, he, he, he was also possibly on LSD the entire time he was on the movie. Yeah, he looks twitchy and not right. Guys, you he, guys, he's the, the sad part of I this don't movie. understand which parts of what you're saying are true and which are jokes. All Everything, of them are true. <laughs> that's all true. He put his prosthetics on wrong. He was supposed to be half goat. He then he was also on LSD, and then he did put them on wrong, and then like a couple months later, he shot himself. Oh my God! Uh, Thanks for listening. Wow, 
Yeah, way to make this movie less fun for me. Well, we're not everything gonna... else about it is funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, and no one ever worked again who was in this movie. Also, well, I, I I know the poster says produced and photographed in and around El Paso with local cast and stars. So, you know, maybe they weren't gonna have any any movies. This was their lucky chance to have a movie. Yeah, and El Paso doesn't exist anymore either. Yeah, El Paso killed itself a couple <laughs> months after. <laughs> All right, you brought it back. You made suicide funny for me. <laughs> Chris, second compliment. I decided that the master, this uh, sorcerer or cult leader of sorts, uh, that he really knows what's going on in the wardrobe department. He wears this awesome robe that when he spreads his hands, has two hands on it. And of course, his cult worships the god Manos, which is also Spanish for hands, of course. The god of hands. (laughs) The god of hands, indeed. (laughs) And so the best part of it is not when he raises both arms, but just when he raises one and points, because then it's like he's (laughs) high-fiving. High-five robe. (laughs) (laughs) High-five wives. (laughs) They really did. The interior decorator really was was a, willing to stick it out too with the hands thing because there were hand sculptures and hand paintings and hands holding up vases. It was just they went they went all out on the hands that, and 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 um, Torco's hand staff also yeah. yes. good. His staff has a skeletal <laughs> hand on top I think of you it. Could say that's the one thing they did right here. <laughs> they had the right number of hands in the set yeah. design. They, like, there wasn't a foot that popped up or something. Like, they were consistent. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Torgo wanted to get a little handsy with you. Oh. And he did want to get handsy with Margaret. Yeah, he did. Mm. I said you, but I meant Margaret. He took, like, three minutes to try to touch her shoulder. It was the longest. <laughs> and she was, like, like, she had, like, moved at any point. But she, <laughs> she was just like, uh, uh. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go next. Uh, my... My compliment is that this movie proves something that I've always ex- I've always suspected about the world, which is that uh, polygamy probably wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. Yeah. And as soon as he brings his wives back to life, immediately they begin bickering with each other. In this case, it was over whether or not to murder the child who wandered around their house. But that's the same thing. You just you never want to have to be evil by committee. Yeah, because <laughs> then slap fights ensue. <laughs> Long, that lasts like, for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. You might. Yeah. You might. You might think. I guess that's the the upside of of polygamy. Then, though, is that whenever your family bickers, they have to have slap fights on the beach. If you well, have a beach yeah, candy. but we never saw it then evolve into seeing any boobs or sex or anything else like that. It was just painful. Well, not it's that sandy. painful. It was mostly just fun and silly. It was kind of they did kind of play that Benny Hill music behind it. <laughs> it was kind of silly. It was um, super silly. So anyway, so I guess I, I'm pretty sure that it would not be worth having to be constantly listening to that kind of bickering to have that many people in one, that many wives. Just seems yeah, exhausting. I, I think it's just tough to get any kind of consensus. I think also when you get to like a bigger corporation, generally, um, oh, yeah, you definitely. can't really, you know, like just the committees get bigger and bigger, and you can't really agree on anything after a long. You, you can't. Know, until like, you can't innovate anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't because with your evil because it just takes so long to get anything accomplished. Yeah, they say Manos was a good movie designed by committee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they say. Uh, <laughs> all right, that brings us to Stephen. Stephen, what is your major compliment? 
Um, so, uh, obviously this film had some pacing issues where things would either just happen for no reason or happen quickly or take forever to happen. But there was one scene kind mm-hmm. of in the middle when, uh, Torgo, uh, knocks out, um, Mike? Michael? Michael. Yeah. Yeah. Mike. By hitting him gently with a stick. Yeah. And then, and then drags him to a tree to tie him up. And, uh, oh my God. It took that forever took, to tie it, him up. Well, but here's the thing. It, it probably took about three full minutes, like, which is a long time, especially when you're talking about a movie that's 74 minutes yeah, long. Yeah. <laughs> but my compliment is honestly, that's probably pretty accurate. Like it would probably take me three or four minutes to drag a body and tie it to a tree. And then I think like every other movie has probably lied to me that it would not take like 30 seconds. Yeah. And especially if you're a satyr. And it can't move that quickly <laughs> with permanent knee damage. I didn't yeah. even factor that in. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So if anything, uh, he might have rushed it. Yeah. Maybe Just, maybe I'm going to revoke my compliment then. Did they, let me ask, did they, I, I don't know enough about satyrs, do they have magical powers or are they just oh, yeah. goats from the waist down? Well, that's a magical power in, of itself. I mean, you can survive while being half goat or half man, depending on your perspective. <laughs> I'm an optimist. We'll say half man. <laughs> to me, the That's glass a, is half man. It's a pretty man-centric view of the world, Alex. <laughs> it is, but I just figure, you know, if goats were that cool, then they'd make people cheese. Yeah. <laughs> we don't That's know the, that they don't. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Knowing that they don't, we know that we must be higher up on the cheese chain, as I like to think of the world. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian, so we don't actually kill and eat each other. It's just who makes cheese with the other person's body. <laughs> Do... Do any other animals make cheese? <laughs> so You're only just proving like, my point, Stephen. We're just, at the top of the cheese chain. Humans and then every other thing. Well, wait, hold on a second. Now, I feel like the sheep's stomach lining has some to, something to do with cheese. Some cheese has animal lining. Others have vegetable in it. Well, do, do vegetables and or you know sheep stomachs count as being part of the sheep making process? The, the sheep making process? Cheese making process. You mean part of the cheese chain? Yes, yeah, part of the cheese yes, chain. Yes, I think the microbes in vegetable run it are part of the cheese chain. I don't. Well, I don't know. See the problem with the cheese chain being no, two links long. Saying, I don't. Then vegetables make cheese. Like they are a cheese making. There you go. The bacteria. Absolutely. Also, so it's the circle of cheese, <laughs> and it moves us all. Who who argued what and who won this argument? Me. <laughs> we all win some cheese. Anna definitely lost. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry Anna. Episode was so full of cheese, Anna. <laughs> I think we all win, really, in the end. Cheese break, guys? <laughs> yeah. What do you got? I have an aged cheddar. All right. Oh, I actually have some queso fresco I was just handed. Not <gasps> now, but in you a few minutes You son of ago. a bitch. That's so I good. I love queso fresco. I know. Oh, I'm going to so go good. tie myself to the fridge. It'll take about three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, let's get into the hates now. We're going to play uh, today's hate game, written by Chris Frames, is connect the hates. So let's draw lines from hate to hate to see the bigger picture. Hard to say what it's going to be at this point. Pretty sure it's going to be awesome, though. Let's uh, start out in any order. What are the things you did not like about this movie? Okay. Okay, I got one real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. Margaret, uh, kind of a jerk. Uh, she is oh. precious, and there's some noises outside, All right, and she says to Mike, I don't care what it is. Chase it away. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Kind of she, move, right? 
She she doesn't even live there. Wasn't She's... it her idea when they escaped and they were running away from them? Wasn't it her idea originally to go back in? Yes. It was her idea both to leave and to come back. Yeah. <laughs> like, they'll never punch. look for us there. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> She's an instigator. If you remember how this started, it's that uh, they were looking for some lodge or something. They found this mm-hmm. place. They decided to ask Torgo, who's clearly tweaking on meth. Uh, <laughs> Torgo says, never heard of that place. And then Michael, without being invited or anything, says, okay, we'll just stay here for the night. Both his wife and Torgo say no. And he just <laughs> shoves his way into staying at a place nobody wanted him to stay. That's the great thing. Torgo really doesn't want them to stay. Yeah. It wasn't like they were trapped here. <laughs> Another great thing about Mike being such a dick to Torgo, he was like, Torgo, we're leaving now. Would you put the <laughs> luggage in the car? <laughs> yes. Bring the luggage back in, Torgo. Torgo, take the luggage back to my car. I mean, back in the 60s, it was more of a caste system, and, you know, people just served their betters. And Mike was right? just... And, the, and he, and of course, Targo had to serve men, because he's only half-man. It was just the funniest thing, because, like, Mike said Torgo's name just so nonchalantly every single time. And Torgo! Like, yeah. Torgo, do this for me. Torgo was Torgo's awesome, but he also, when you see a guy with that kind of limp, not a good valet. Maybe carry your own bags, dude. Hey, Mr. Bates had a limp. Yes, and he overcame his failings as a bag carrier and found his other talents, like he making also, short sorry. blonde girls very happy. <laughs> uh, he also worked at a hotel. Yeah, Torgo doesn't. He works at a hotel. Not not actually a hotel per se, but yes. Uh, yeah, Tor- that's not Torgo's job. No, tor- yeah. Uh, what is Torgo's job exactly? Well, he's the hey. caretaker, but everyone there is dead or like can't be killed so i don't really know he's pretty much there to like keep himself yeah to watch <laughs> youtube like, and and you know what, he doesn't have a phone tweet. they didn't even give yeah. torgo a phone yeah he, well they didn't ask for the internet so maybe he had that how does yeah. torgo eat well it's also curious <laughs> what say, do you mean how with his mouth and his hands no but what what does he eat oh well he half of his food is uh is people food and half of it is grass is goat food and, and oh, tin cans. He could and probably digest grass. Yeah, good point. <laughs> well, I don't know. It depends on where he starts, right? Where the goat part starts, because if it oh. includes the intestine or the other, like one of the lower stomachs. The yeah, and have... it makes sense. He could probably eat his own cheese. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That doesn't make it not gross, but he could. He could probably digest <laughs> it. That's gross, eating your own cheese. Oh, I crossed a line. All right, I have a hate. Uh, this is not a good movie for dog lovers. No. no. Wait, is it though? No, okay, they walk uh, into the. I'll, let me I'll say, you on this. They walk into the evil house, and my first uh-huh. thought is, I hope nothing bad befalls this puppy. Moments later, he is inexplicably dead in the desert. Well, moments later, he's inexplicably a stuffed animal. <laughs> Even <laughs> worse. Similar. He's dead, and he's been stuffed. <laughs> How did he find a taxidermist on such short notice? It's, it's the desert. These it's things. the mystery of the desert. Yeah, at night, oh. they just come out of the woodwork as they just, they feed at night, so the taxidermists are running around <laughs> looking for dead puppies. <laughs> so, I'm going to I'm gonna quibble with you, Alex, All just right. a little bit. And the reason why I say that is because Pepe is actually one of two dogs in this movie. Okay, mm-hmm. so Pepe runs off and turns into a stuffed animal, which actually makes him more 
cuddle worthy i think than less but uh this other dog is the master's dog and it's a doberman and it's on a a long silver chain Mm -hmm. and it's supposed to be really intimidating and it would be if the dog didn't look look so flippin happy to be there all the time (laughs) every time you look at that dog the dog's in a shot just mouth open tongue out like hi hi the dog's like there are no small parts only small actors (laughs) (laughs) that's right i'm gonna make it the dog was so adorable. You know, fun fact, he's uh he actually built himself prosthetics. So he's half dog, half goat. Wow. But because he he's a dog, he didn't put him on right. It's hard it's hard to adjust zippers with your little paws. Why would he use zippers? It's like it's like the ponies. <laughs> the ponies of my little pony friendship is magic. Hey, uh some anybody else other hates? I got one. I mean, just just for um stupidly optimistic Mm -hmm. here's a line we'll hide in the desert someone will help us (laughs) (laughs) those are that's some some city slicker ideals right there yeah right this is one there's no one in the desert that's what makes it a desert kind of you know so the odds of anyone helping you uh unlikely Uh, two the only people you know that are in the desert are the ones that are trying to kill you so Right, or also, the, and you, also, you still haven't tipped Torgo, so he's not really going to do anything. <laughs> the good news things. is, if you get killed in the desert, taxidermed very quickly. <laughs> what is that um, better logic than let's go back in the house? They won't think to look there. <laughs> I mean, I kind of loved that, and I was hoping that would work for them because that's freaking genius, isn't it? They're searching the so desert good. for us. They'll never look in the living room, <laughs> but they will go home eventually. Which is the issue. At that part, you'll be in trouble. I'll but give up and go home. Yeah, that is that is an issue. Sorry to go back to this, but that the kid who drinks tequila makes out with girls. Um, yeah. So, okay, or the girl who ma- drinks tequila and makes out with boys. Um, right. Yeah, or the tequila the- that makes out with both of them. And gets drunk. <laughs> gets hella right. drunk. Here's Sorry. why I'm, I'm saying it's the man in this case. is One, because he's the instigator of the tequila, and two, he's in the driver's seat. Yeah, but, right. he is. Um, but the funny thing about this is the cop comes twice, and the second time, this kid is obviously drinking, making out, been asked to leave, so the cop asks him to leave. So, he makes the drunk teenager drive away. <laughs> yeah. And then busts her up. <laughs> I, I wait, what was it that you said, Ezra? A man comes and busts them up. <laughs> I don't think it was them. No, the man you. comes and busts her up. Busts you up. Busts you, you up. up. Yeah, right. Yeah. The man yeah. comes and busts you up. I have a hate for not using words correctly. Huh. Uh, when uh, when the evil mustache is... Uh, he's mad at one of his wives for wanting yes. to save the child's life. And he decides to kill her. He says yes. to his other wives, seize her and prepare her for sacrifice. And I don't think it counts as a sacrifice if you just wanted to get rid of her and you don't like her to begin with. <laughs> That's yeah, a it's good more point. like prepare for divorce. <laughs> divorce by death. Well... By slapping her. Yeah, slapping. There there was a fair amount of slapping. He was, oh, because oh, he did it with his hands. I got it. <laughs> Speaking of which, you did notice that uh, that Papa fought evil in a in a button-up white sweater the whole time? Yeah, in a white <laughs> yeah. cardigan. A sterling <laughs> he, he white cardigan. not take off that cardigan. <laughs> he kept it on the whole time. That was very nice of him. And, I mean, including, I guess he could have offered it to his freezing cold daughter in the in the convertible. God, such a or, bad dad. Yeah. Or put the top up. Why didn't they do that? No, no, no. She will sit between us. Yeah. And learn right, what out it's of like the wind. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, but neither is closing the top. 
No, seriously though, like, how bad of a father do you have to be to like try to go on family vacation and end up with the dog dead? Your daughter and wife now like wives of a cult leader, and you his manservant. Like, I feel like you missed out. Like, you missed the mark in a big way. You know. You know when I was Legoland was that way. I was thinking when that <laughs> happened, uh, like shortly after the dog died, I was like, I paused to go make dinner, and I was like, you know, if I just never came back to the movie. The plot of this film would be they go on a vacation and the dog dies at a weird hotel and then they just keep on the vacation and everything's fine. And it's just like, that's the worst, like, it's not the worst compared to what actually happened, I guess. But just like, man, remember that hotel we stayed in? It was way worse than any Best Western I've ever been in. The dog died. That's how bad it was. And that's it all. It was almost down to like Motel 6 level. It, but that's it, just like, you just have <laughs> hey. to explain to the daughter that you just took her to the wrong hotel and the dog is dead. And then you just yeah. get back on with vacation. That is a conversation you could have. Like the next conversation of now I'm a manservant and you're marrying, uh, you know, this guy. And you're betrothed to mustache. Yeah, that's yeah. a tough conversation. Uh, I don't know how that starts. I'm going to quibble with you guys here. I'm proud of <laughs> Quibble so, count two. We, we don't know where what his like job position was before this movie you know he could have been unemployed barely like supporting his family uh, uh, that's a fancy and, cardigan yeah, well they're on vacation <laughs> so a couple things yeah Maybe it's hard to be on vacation when you're unemployed okay. okay so he lied about the vacation to his family because he was planning to take them out and kill them ah uh, unreliable uh, narrator i like it yeah yeah and now they're alive i could yeah okay yeah he got them a job uh, of of indentured wifeitude yeah, he's supporting them now. He has really good job security until his master decides to burn off his hand. Well, still, yeah, I mean... But they didn't work when comp, I'm guessing. Yeah. I'm just saying there are worse positions to be in. Definitely worse. You could be for, the oldest wife who gets slapped a lot. Yeah. Gets slapped well, I mean, to death. I, I, also, for the little girl, that's that's probably not cool to be a wife when you're seven. I don't... I feel like it's not going to last, you know? <laughs> really? You don't um, think they have enough in common, as? Not at this point. Because she has no life experience, and he's the undead. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> some things are just kind of insurmountable. This ad was required, but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, in Read It and Weep's recurring character department. Thanks for agreeing to meet with me, guys. Yeah, sure. Oh, of course, man. It's great to see you. What's the problem? I, I feel like you guys have forgotten about me. Did you know I haven't been on the show since episode 100? Aw, uh, come on. We can never forget about you, Space Shark. You're our first recurring character. It's just that we've been really so busy with all the sponsored episodes. None of our recurring characters have gotten on in a while. But what about Steven? He was on episode number 131, 132, 133, and 139. That's four episodes all in the 130s. And this one, too. Yeah. Well, it's different, Space Shark. Steven's a real person. You're an imaginary shark that lives in space. But I feel real. I have real feeling feelings. Steven has feelings, too. Remember that. In fact, that's why everybody likes him so much. He seems so nice and vulnerable. No, but he isn't nice. I happen to know for a fact that Stephen is keeping multiple wives frozen between life and death in a tomb just off the main room of his mysterious house, and he uses them to do his evil bidding. What? That doesn't really sound like him. Here he comes now. Let's clear this up with him. Hey, guys. Uh, what are you doing in here? I thought I told Torgo not to let anybody in the recurring characters department. Stephen, 
Do you have an undead harem in the basement? Why would you ask such a ridiculous question? Well, I didn't think so, but Space Shark here was just saying. Enough of this bickering! Wives, kill! Kill Space Shark! Kill him with your hands! Ow, no, I... No, guys! Guys, it's not... No, knock it off, it's more... Ow, it's... It doesn't really hurt, it's more annoying than anything. <laughs> Good. Now Manos' bidding has been done. Wives, go find the others. Chris, Ezra, did you see that? He is a zombie polygamist, like I just said. I'm sorry, what were you saying? I was just texting. Uh, I didn't hear anything, I just got a text. I love podcasting with you too, Chris. Aw. Now if you'll excuse me, I'm going to go listen to this audiobook I got for free by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. It's called Wicked, The Life and Times of the Wicked Witch of the West by Gregory Maguire. I like it because the witch is so likable. You got it for free? Just for signing up for a free trial. I'm evil, not rich. And by signing up, I supported my favorite podcast, the one that I'm on all the time. Oh! Audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Absolutely 100% guaranteed to get you six zombie wives. Did you ad-lib the part about me being vulnerable? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I did. That was awesome. <laughs> Space Shark! Space Shark! Space Shark! Space Shark! He's a friend to all that. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for a new segment. This is called The Midway. This is our mini game segment. So we can pull little pieces of other games we've played before, but we want to do a bunch of them really quickly. So uh, we're going to start out. The game is No Retreat, No Surrender. Whose character do you want to follow better than the main characters? Anybody? Uh, clearly Deputy Sheriff. Yeah. He has one line in this movie. Not Sheriff. Sheriff is annoying and likes looking at boobs of teenagers that he's breaking up. Deputy Sheriff just has to put up with him and drive around looking for steamy cars. I I think that uh, both of the small town cops would be fun to watch just because their day consists of two stops for kids make the same kids making out on a dirt road and one for a... Zero stops for occult like goings on and one that we see and one stop for a taillight being out i'm just saying the law is not all it's cracked up to be on law and order at least not in el paso he didn't give a ticket either and he was like okay this is it no excuses and the dad's like can't you give us a break and he goes oh all right (laughs) he was so so persuadable (laughs) such a pushover I mean, obviously, I wanted to follow the life of Targo, the worst valet yes, ever. Yes, Torgo, Torgo. Torgo. Uh, <laughs> but I would, es- Absolutely. I would especially like, since you've referenced it now, I would love to see Torgo working at Downton Abbey. <laughs> <laughs> the music that they played whenever he was hauling bags was this awesome little... I believe that if there was actually a soundtrack, that would be called Torgo's Pan Flute Suite. Yes, indeed. I actually like that. And then later, song. when he has to drag the body, and it's more intense, it would be Torgo's Sweet uh, Revisited. Torgo's Sweet, colon, Variations. Yeah. Reprise. <laughs> no, you re- reprise. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bummer well, reprise. And uh, I don't know. It, not to get off on a tangent here too bad. The saxophone playing in this <laughs> movie was, <laughs> was pretty horrid. I know. That was awful. <laughs> they had like right. two themes of... But it was also during that, like, 15-minute-long cat fight. <laughs> yeah. Oof. I'm, I'm going to do a No Retreat, No Surrender on the saxophone instead. Yeah. I'd like to see what other films he's done. I Absolutely. Mean, I've, seen, I, I've heard better saxophone playing from bums on the street. Yeah, but that was that one bum with, the like, the golden saxophone. He yeah. got really famous, but where is he now, you know? 
That's I don't know. Right. He has a golden saxophone, so he's probably yeah. pretty okay. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's got eight or nine hundred dollars lying around right there. Yeah. <laughs> Good amount of bullion. All right. Uh, um, what was the other? I'll, I'll, Go ahead, oh, Steven. Just real quick, I'll also do a no retreat, no surrender on Torgo, but only like so. Originally, they planned to leave his. Well, his fate was ambiguous because they were thinking about making a sequel if this did well. <laughs> really that's true. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why at the end it says the end with a question mark, which is always hilarious. <laughs> so classic. <laughs> um, but I would do the sequel, and I would say he. Like through Medicare or Medicaid or something, gets a fake a prosthetic hand, but he's nice. like all of a sudden really good at at pitching a baseball, and then it's basically <laughs> rookie of the year with Torgo. Oh! Torgo of the year, yeah. Torgo and Torgo rookie of the year. year. <laughs> Mono hand of baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, well, yeah, and and it would be he'd be Southpaw, left hand of fate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's oh man, and they call him Southie on the team, and he'd just be tweaking. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd have a really unconventional and hard to hit windup. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to mention <laughs> he fields very quickly with his goat legs, <laughs> and he can run. Does he? he can run the bases like like a madman, and eats yeah. a good amount of balls and grass. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, no. Grounders, he just eats them up. Yeah. Back. Look at that. That's that's uh that's Targo up there. Torgo up there. He's uh chewing on the chalk bag. <laughs> this, is, this is getting ready for his how he does it. <laughs> I just want all movies to be about Torgo from now on. <laughs> no, he's such a great character. So new game, one change. What is the one thing that would make this movie perfect if for some reason in your estimation it wasn't? Okay. I think I want to go maybe Troll 2 style, whereas there are not actually any trolls in the movie, so I want no one to have any hands. <laughs> <laughs> Manos. Hooks of fate. Uh, I would also, I'd like to, I'd like to see a mashup for my one change. Uh, you know how in uh, Titanic 2 and 3D, uh, both times Leonardo DiCaprio is obsessed with this one lady's hands, and he draws them all the time? I want, yes. I want Mr. Mustache to be played by Leonardo DiCaprio at age 18. Uh, really? And then he'd be obsessed with hands and adorable. Yeah, but later he'll just get fat. Yeah, but he'd deserve it. He's fucking Leo DiCaprio. Would if he no one can let themselves go, it'd be him. <laughs> yeah, well, it was very cold, apparently, if he was sitting in the backseat of the convertibles. <laughs> so, like, all the like all the wives are, like, together on this, like, you know, really, really, really big area, and, and he just can't fit on? Yeah, yeah, they're on, uh, like, church doors. Like, just huge <laughs> two-story... Maybe like RV garage door, so there's room for all of them except him. Oldest wife, <laughs> you can you can you can jump off. <laughs> I will slap you <laughs> off the church door. You know the weird part about that is they kill oldest wife for saying save the child, but then ultimately they save the child for the very same reasons that uh, first wife's argument is passed. Yeah, well, because they need a new wife. This is you <laughs> not several. Yeah, at the time they they were there was no openings, but if you kill oldest wife, you have an opening for a new. <laughs> yeah, but then wife. they also got they got Maggie. They got Margaret. Oh, it's that's true. true. But but the thing is, it's so hard to move up in when in a in a in an organization that's got seniority. You really you yeah. have to wait until somebody dies, basically. Ah. So all of a sudden there was an yeah. opening at the bottom. Well, it's I guess it's like good for Debbie. System. Yeah, it is. Just like the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. There's an like, eight-year-old in the Supreme Court right now. Yeah, I, I think it's good for little Debbie because, I, I mean, I, I guess, like, you know, if you're going to get in on the harem wife vertical, get in early, right? Wait, Chris, did you say little Debbie as in the, the, the snack packs? <laughs> you're right. I surely did, Ezra. Oh, that's my did one change. That? That's my one change. <laughs> that Debbie's made out of little Debbie cakes. Yeah. Snack <laughs> cakes. <laughs> Awesome. All right. Now we're going to play a new game that Chris wanted to play because he's the expert at summarizing. So he wanted to play the yep. game of shortest summary. 
So, so, so this story has many facets, mm-hmm. and I, I do, you know, want to acknowledge most of them. But my contest for you guys is who can summarize this movie and hit all the major points convincingly in the shortest amount of time. And as the chief summarizer, I'd like to, You'd like to just, judge? Uh, be the timekeeper and judge of hitting all the marks. As you're already I'm, laughing at the jokes you're planning on I'm telling. really good at that. I, I got this. <laughs> good. <laughs> You've got this? Yeah. Okay, okay, three words, guys. Three words? Oh, I think I can do three words, too. Okay, three words. Big love origins. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> there was a colon there. I didn't, I didn't say it, yeah, but there no, was a colon. It, we heard it. You, you pronounced three that Three words colon. and one, <laughs> one punctuation. That is the bar yeah. right now. Okay. Okay. Steven, what do you got? Uh... Women be gossiping. Okay. Alex? Man. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do three words. You could do more words. If you're funnier than the other two, you'll win. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going to do three words plus a letter with a slash after it. <laughs> you're really describing this. <laughs> Wait. Well. Yeah. Why don't you pull down the chart for us, man? Don't mess with Texas. <laughs> with with spelled W slash. Oh. Don't mess with Texas. Yeah. Because they will slap you to death. Ooh. I kind of <laughs> do like... Parentheses? That's cultural knowledge. That yeah. I don't, it's not necessary to put into a summary. Yeah, I really do. I, I like that one a great deal. Wait, I'm going to have wait. to go with Steven. Bitches be gossiping. <laughs> Can I have a, another bonus one? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> yeah. Torgo's bad day. <laughs> <laughs> and we have a win. I, actually, yeah, that's going to happen. All right, well, it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. We're going to go in reverse order now, uh, so the uh, the opposite of where we started. I mean, Stephen, you are first. What is the last nice thing you're ever going to say about Monos, uh, Los Monos? I think that, and I haven't thought this through, maybe you can help me, but um, I think there's a case to be made that this argument, or that this this um, this movie is a, a parable about border security. <laughs> For or against? <laughs> I'm not totally sure yet. Um, and I'm not sure who's who here. But people near the, the border kind of kind of invading one another's spaces. Mm-hmm. The security is extremely lax. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I got that part right. There's some sort of a Wives cultural exchange. all over the place. Wives grow on trees. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about taking, taking Torgo's jobs. Mm-hmm. So I think, okay... So I think the family here are, are, uh, illegals trying to cross in. That house is America. Um, yeah, the land, uh, where, like, as they say, where the roads are paved with wives. <laughs> okay, but, Stephen, if this panned out, uh, and the family were, like, undocumented, the couple making out in the car. Mm-hmm. Is that's, what? that's the Democrats. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're just drunk on tequila. Yeah, they're busy making orgy. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. While all this is going on in their backyard and they don't even care. And I think furthermore because he ends up working as the valet at this mysterious house, you learn that the jobs that you came across the border to do aren't always that stable. 
that's mm. actually yeah so maybe no one wins yeah of. they might uh, you know yeah. a lot of people who come up here to do you know back breaking or hand breaking labor monos breaking yeah monos break sometimes your monos get shot get set on fire oh, that's part point. of the fruit picking <laughs> industry i think yeah because you have to work with yeah that's good yeah. yeah but with only two police officers and the democrats busy making out <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's a this thing. is why i hate politics <laughs> took a totally good movie and you fucked it up steven no it's it it's solid this is solid all right this is airtight <laughs> all right all right so continuing backwards my turn uh my minor compliment um so this is for uh for filling in the blanks i guess it, it, allowing me to fill in the blanks is what i mean so uh i was confused originally as to why he became the new valet uh yes because i think he shot the guy with the mustache and unless I blacked out, the very next scene is him working as the valet, and there's no explanation. So I can only assume that this is sort of like the Santa Claus, except what happened was he shot Mustache, and Mustache said, You shot me! I like your moxie! I want you to work for me! And then hired him I, on board. I feel like it's a really... That's a gun malfunction, If is what that is. If you try to shoot someone and kill them, instead you end up working for them, like... Get different bullets or something. I don't really know what went wrong. Yeah, or pass that gun out to grad students. Hey! Hey! hey. <laughs> that solves our job problem right there. <laughs> awesome, Chris. All right, no, continuing. Chris. <laughs> yeah, hey. Um, so my compliment is that this movie made me remember how much fun I had in junior high school drama. Mm. Uh, while in junior high school, as a, as a little seventh grader, I was involved in a stage production of The Hobbit. Did we call you a Chrisling at that point? Sure. Thank you. Um, I was I was more larva than man. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, we, <laughs> I was one of the dwarves. And the problem with the Hobbit in, in the stage show is that there are twelve, nay, thirteen, no, twelve, I believe, dwarves that are on stage most of the time, but don't have a lot to do. So we did. There were a lot of things in the script where it just said ad lib, and then we got very loud and all talked at the same time. The wives do this too, <laughs> where you see that they're not saying much of anything. Like you see some wives that are just saying wives, 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 and others that are trying to make a point, and others that aren't talking but merely gesturing and moving their mouth regularly. And um, it, it was fantastic. So what you'd have is like, one person would say something, smash cut to ad-lib time. Wives, 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 gesture, 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 stop, line. Ad-lib, 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 line. And uh, that was exactly how our stage production this was. Is, I, this is what happened. I, there was like conversation, yeah. and then all of a sudden all the wives went, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, watermelon cantaloupe, peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Just uh, Even more fun, only <coughs> one woman did all the dubbing, so it was all her. Peas and carrots, yeah. peas and carrots, yeah, peas and carrots. Just, rhubarb rhubarb yeah no i just read that they filmed this on a camera that couldn't record sound so they had to dub all of the sound effects and all of the music and all of the dialogue like also, uh, in post also the camera could only record 32 seconds at a time so that's why it, like there's uh, like weird cuts when uh they're standing and then all of a sudden it cuts to the exact same shot except they're like you know two inches closer to each other for some reason <laughs> yeah you could literally make this movie look better from your iPhone and edit it from your iPhone. That's true. I also still think that there were major issues of taste. Well, the mustache was great. That's true. <laughs> Damn it, that was my compliment. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, buddy. Well, it was your turn, so nicely done. <laughs> this is, I guess, for for 
delightfully misunderstanding how genetics mm. work. Um, huh. When mm. Pepe, the dog, dies... Um, presumably killed by the happy dog, right? Yeah, presumably killed <laughs> by the very very playful Doberman. Um, the, uh, they were like, oh man, how are we going to tell Debbie that her dog died? And the line is, she's my baby, she'll understand. Yep. That's it. That's what he keeps yeah. on saying. And he does say it multiple times because that's how this normally goes. It also sounded like like that I mean obviously this wasn't true, but like English was everybody's second language with the like the not in terms of accent, but in terms of like they were only using basic vocabulary. Like those girls at the end, I wrote this down, their lines were vacations, sir, are fun, <laughs> and this one will be great. Like it's what you say when you're in like Spanish two hundred and talking to Right, people. or yeah. Yeah. yeah or, was this written by Tommy Wiseau? <laughs> well, he, I mean, he was not a movie maker, right? He was like an insurance salesman. Yeah. So he sold fertilizer. Fertilizer salesman. He, yeah. Then, then he, sold fertilizer. He literally is a shit salesman. <laughs> exactly. He's used to slinging well. shit at the American public. So <laughs> sell yeah. what you know. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that is a dumb enough joke to end on, in my opinion. Oh God, really? <laughs> Awesome. Well, that is it for our show. We will be back again next week, fortunately. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about Skippy the Bush Kangaroo, which is a... T- have you heard of this, Stephen? You just no, like the title. Uh, it's not dirty, I don't think. This is a, this is a kid's show, a cartoon uh, from Australia that was very popular, apparently. Everybody who grew up in Australia has seen it, so uh, somebody who has perhaps grew up in Australia... Uh, is going to be is sponsored for us, and we're going to be watching a lot of it. It was sponsored by Emma and Joe of the Meat Mutant Podcast, which you're you're welcome to check out. They don't they, their sponsorship doesn't kick in until next week, so you don't owe it to them or anything yet. But uh, uh, if you want to sponsor something like it, if you have a favorite kids cartoon or something like that, slash sponsor Also, take a second right now. If you if you have uh, have a second, pull out your phone. I would love to hear your ten or less, ten or fewer word summary of Menos. Close hands of fate right now and i want you to text it to us at 509-588-1280 and uh we will uh, uh we'll, we'll read some of our favorite uh, favorite summaries on the air next week messaging and data rates may apply <laughs> no charges for this one we've worked out a deal with at and you will not be charged for this text message yeah. there's no such boat. deal refer to your local carrier <laughs> Don't call your local carrier. They're busy tonight. <laughs> Actually, please do. Customer service is surprisingly effective. Uh, not you, Comcast. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Comcast. <laughs> uh, oh, no, I earned it. <laughs>